All right, it's now Sunday afternoon on Sports Radio 90, trying the game from the Northern Kia Studios. John Fricky with you and at 404-726-0929. Is Sahil still with us here, Eric Slaughter? Yes, he is. Ah, oh, hey, Sahil. John. So, uh, yes, yeah, Sahil uh, was kind enough to wait through the, uh, through, through the break there. You know, radio and all, got to pay bills. Um, Sahil, you were asking about Arthur Blank. I'm going to tell you that broadly, this is what I know, uh, you know, having known the man for a number of years, any owner has a vested interest in in his team, and he or she has a vested interest in their team, obviously. If I were an owner, if you were an owner, you'd have a vested interest in making sure that your team was successful. It's a business. He's a businessman. You want to run a successful business. Uh, So in that, you want to make sure that you put a product out there that is going to be palatable to uh, the fans. And so... Your patience level isn't just the fact that he's going to be 82 years old. Your patience level is the fact that the product that you're putting out on the field isn't acceptable. You have to hire – he's also a delegator. You have to hire people that you believe are competent who can do the job. He is not a meddler in an Al Davis, Jerry Jones, you know, meddler situation. Deshaun Watson was kind of an outlier only because – he viewed it as he's known Deshaun since Deshaun was a little kid. Deshaun was a ball yeah. boy for the Falcons. And also he, he viewed it as, and he wasn't wrong, as an, an entirely at that time, you know, extremely popular move. Gainesville High School, you know, uh, Clemson, you know, coming home to the team that he wanted and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And all of it was, you know, it's, it's a little the got a little of the Justin Fields coming home kind of thing, you know, to it. Uh, so extremely popular with the fans and would sell seats, and he also thought he could play. So maybe he yeah. he pushed a little bit more on the Deshaun Watson thing than he would have done otherwise. As it relates now, he he hires Raheem Morris, somebody he knows, has confidence in, and as it relates to this quarterback, he has, I'm pretty sure, full faith that he didn't fire Terry Fontenot for a reason because he really likes him, and and for good reason, by the way. And so because yeah. I think Terry Fontenot is actually a really good GM. I know this is long-winded, but let me just close by saying, Arthur Blank is allowing Terry Fontenot, Raheem Morris, and Zach Robinson to make the call. You make that's, the call. That's fair. That that's fair. And and, and just to, just to go back for just a second, if only we had, if only Blank had gotten gone that hard for Mr. Lamar Jackson, right? And I know, I know that's another story. I know the NFL was colluding, or you know whatever was happening. Uh, it doesn't seem. You like mean as wait in, in the draft or in free agency? It, it just just the trade for him just now this past off season when they were trying to create a contract. Well, he was him. never. Yeah, he was a free agent. He was never not signing with Baltimore. You think it, so? It was, yeah. Oh no, no, he was never. He was always going back to Baltimore. Everybody understood what Baltimore was doing. What Baltimore yeah. was doing was trying to get somebody else to set the market. Remember, Baltimore overpaid for him, and they overpaid for him because none of the other teams would take the bait. And what Baltimore yeah. wanted them to do was make him an offer, and then Baltimore could come in at a dollar more kind of thing, and nobody yeah. did. And Baltimore went, "Oh man, now we got to pay Max for this guy." Okay, because everybody knew that Baltimore would outbid him, and so yeah. Baltimore was trying to. So it's like, okay, I'm willing to pay. You know, I'm going to try and get you for you, you're worth twenty five dollars. I'm going to try and get you for eighteen fifty. I hope somebody else offers you, you know. 20 bucks, and then I could come in at 22 and save a little bit of money. And everybody knew they were going to get outbid. 
Yeah, no one played that went. game. And, and, and ultimately, I think they both ended up with a fair contract that was that was suitable to both parties, right? Um, a final question here for you, John, just to wrap everything up. Uh, Genie is granted uh, a wish, and uh, John Chuckery is now Arthur Blank, uh, and he is uh, Raheem Morris, and he is Zach Robinson. Who is uh, Mr. John Chuckery selecting as the Atlanta Falcons quarterback for 2024, whether it be draft, whether it be free? Well, you'd have to ask John. Point. I have no idea who Chuckery's going to do. I, I have no clue. I haven't talked to John in I haven't talked to John in a couple of months or longer. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look to see when he's on. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, at, at the moment, I can only speak for myself. Uh, at the moment, um, I see, I just don't know. I think there's a lot of options here. It's not a question of who I would want because I don't know what offense they want to run. I don't think it's a question of anybody on the radio, Sahil, as to who they want uh, in terms of a quarterback. It's got to be the right fit. I mean, I would love to have Justin Fields come here, but if he doesn't fit, then then that would be the worst possible thing. I would hate to have that happen because that's a recipe for disaster if he doesn't fit what they yeah. want to do. Thanks, Hill. Appreciate the call. 404 726 We are into a Sunday afternoon here. Again, I have no problem with Kirk Cousins. If they want to pay Kirk Cousins a whole bunch of money, the only thing is I think I get a little bit of a, a different kind of alters. It changes just a little bit for me that um, I think my expectation level goes to 13 wins. My expectation level goes to Super Bowl. If you're going to invest that kind of money into a quarterback, what you're saying is he's the missing piece. I don't know that I view that this team that way, but they may. They may, and they, they may be able to say, look, we know we've got Jordan Fuller as a safety from the Rams. Jimmy Lake's saying, I know I can get Jordan Fuller over here to run alongside uh, Jesse Bates. I got DeMarco Helms back there. Uh, I got Jordan. All right, we're going to be good at safety. We have to draft a corner. Uh, there's some other guys in free agency that are going to be veterans who are going to be on the market. Fontenot's really good with this. It's extremely good at finding value in a one-year guy. Fontenot says, I can get this and this for to plug a hole here and plug a hole there and do it on the cheap. We can afford to go get Kirk Cousins. That may be a conversation that they're having. Matter of fact, I'm sure it is a conversation they have had. If we do go get Kirk Cousins, what do we have available to us under the cap, and how can we manipulate this thing so that we can go get this guy, this guy, and this guy? You know, because you can't know about the draft. Uh, so, uh, again, I don't know whoever fits here. I mean, I, logically to me, I, I think the team is in somewhat the same position as they were this time last year, which is to say they are a team that can win the NFC South and win double-digit games if they have competency at quarterback, which says to me all you need is a Joe Flacco. And, but they may say that's not good enough. It's a really – we can't get in their minds – I mean, if you're asking me today what's going to happen, I think Kirk Cousins goes back to Minnesota. I think Baker Mayfield, that's fitty-fitty, whether he's back in Tampa or he's available. Could Baker Mayfield wind up at the Falcons? Yes. I mean, they could be looking at Baker at less money than Kirk and younger and saying, look, we, we, we like Baker quite a bit. And we think he, you know, he finally gets into the right offense. We think Baker Mayfield could take you to a Super Bowl, and he kind of solves both issues. He's not as expensive as Kirk Cousins. He, he's going to fit our offense better. That's a possibility. We're not in the room, guys. We're not. So, I mean, am I intrigued by Justin Fields with his athletic ability and what I perceive to be 
perceive, understand, perceive to be his upside in an offense that has a better offensive line, that I think has more weapons than Chicago had. I know some people say, well, Chicago had DJ Moore and Cole Kent, you know, Komet and, you know, this running back and this, and, you know, they're as good as the Falcons. I disagree. I think some Falcons fans undersell, and that Phillip in the last hour undersell just how good Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson can be. I think you're looking at those guys, to me, those guys look like, you know, Ozzie Albies, Dansby Swanson, and Ronald Acuna of, you know, the first couple of years of their NFL uh, baseball careers. I project out and I look at multi-Pro Bowl years for all three of them if they stay healthy. I think you're looking at stalwarts. I think you're looking at get you get the right quarterback, these guys are going to explode even next year. But again, I could be wrong. 404-726-0929, which is why I said, what's your expectation? My expectation is still very bullish on what the Falcons could do. Hey, Drew. Uh, Drew is uh, jumping into the program. 404-726-0929. Hey, Drew, what up? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, so, first of all, I've just got to agree with you and <clears throat> disagree with Phil. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just say that the Falcons, like you said, are not a bad team. In fact, I think on paper they're a very good team sans quarterback. They've got a couple other needs that could definitely be better, but I think the most glaring need is a quarterback. When you look on paper, you know, you mentioned Kyle Pitts, you mentioned Bijan, you mentioned Tyler, uh, not Tyler Algier, um, Drake, Drake London. Uh, you could put, by Tyler the way, Algier. no, you can, add, you can add Tyler Algier into that. You can add CP84 into that. You know, and you've got, I don't know if he'll, st- if he'll still be here. I think he's a free agent, but Johnny Smith is not a bad option as well. He's a good blocker. No, no, Johnny's has gone. Yeah, I, you think so? I, they, they cut Johnny. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that opens up. You mentioned Brock Bowers. Imagine if they had Brock Bowers and Kyle Pitts and they signed a free agent quarterback right. or made a trade. Right. I, I, I mean, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to that. Right. For, I'm not a you know, Drew, I don't why would I, I don't understand I don't understand why people would be opposed. I mean, well, we need an edge. Okay, sure, I understand that. And, and Dallas Turner lit it up. I understand that. Is he even going to be there at eight? Don't know. I mean, could somebody leave Froggy because they they fall in love with him and they take him and you're sitting there going, oh wait, we wanted him and he's gone. Uh, I mean, that could happen. I'm not saying it will. He probably will be there at eight. He's probably if if I had to make a prediction on the draft on you know here six weeks before the draft as we sit here this morning at this hour of the day or this afternoon. Um, yeah, I think Dallas Turner's the pick, but that could change. And I'm not opposed to Brock Bowers. Uh, and you could might be able to trade down a couple four spots and still get Brock Bowers. And, and making Kyle Pitts into a much more of a just a wide receiver. We need a stretch wide receiver. Well, maybe we have that guy out there, and he's like six foot five or six foot six, and can run down the field, and and he's got incredible hands. See, one thing about London and about, or maybe London becomes more of a stretch guy. One thing about London and about Kyle Pitts. Again, I go back to this, Drew, is they both have great hands. They make spectacular catches. They bailed out both of their the, the quarterbacks the last couple of years, all three of them, by making incredible catches. When you put Kyle Pitts with a competent quarterback, and that was the two second all-time in the history of the NFL in, in receiving yards by a tight end with a competent quarterback, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you have a competent quarterback, then – I think it makes a lot of things go away, you know. That grenade toss, for example, those turnovers in the end zone, that's what we've dealt with the last couple of years. And 
right. simply a, an average quarterback would make us. I mean, an elite offense with an above average defense with an you know above average offensive line. You did, you mentioned top five. We can run the ball. We just need to be able to throw the ball, and then we're there. I, Drew, so. you're speaking my language here. You know, I mean, I think we have an above – look, we have a top five offensive line in the NFL by every by every metric, okay? You, the, the interior of your offensive line is extremely good. Bergeron, Dahlman, and obviously Lindstrom, who is he, – he might be, some, in some respects, the best offensive lineman in the game right now. Um, and McGarry's okay. He's serviceable. He's good. And Jake has still got some game left, though – the idea of drafting an offensive tackle, if if, if you're in love with Olaf Ashenew or Joe Alt, uh, Joe Alt being Notre Dame and Olaf Ashenew being Penn State, if you're in love with one of those two guys as an offensive tackle and you go that route in the uh, in the draft, I'm okay with that too. You know, I mean, well, John, so I, I think, I think, wherever they I think go, if you're going to go offensive line, you, you could potentially draft, uh, trade back and get an extra pick. Because, we, you know, we, again, you mentioned offensive uh, I, I, or receiver I, position. You know, you've got your. I don't disagree. You know, you've got your, you know, your lab conkeys and people of the world who are probably going to be second round picks, potentially be available. Um, I know he's a, he's more of a slot receiver, not a big body guy, but he saw what he did at the combine yesterday. He's obviously got some speed that was undersold, and a lot of folks said he wasn't a speed guy at Georgia. Well, obviously he is. He's a four three nine guy. That's not slow. Right. You know, there's people out there. No, that I'm. Get it. I've been, I've been on the McConkey train for a long time. I appreciate it, Drew. I've got other people that want to jump in here at four four seven two six zero nine two nine. I've been on the McConkey train for a long time, just because I think he is a playmaker. Again, he and Bowers are players that just make plays. And you know, and I know Bowers didn't run at the combine. I don't need to see him run. Uh, I know he can play. I know Bowers is going to be a star in the NFL. And you're going, well, John, if you get Bowers and Pitts, you know, uh, you convince that Pitts can play wide receiver. Well, yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure he can. You just split him out wide and let him go. He's big body. Just teach him the routes. He can run. Uh, he got great hands. So I have no problem converting him to a straight-out flat wide receiver. Now, what about blocking? Because, you know, neither of those guys, Bowers and Pitts, are very good blockers. That's the knock against the two of them. I think Bowers is actually a bit of a better blocker than some people think. But... Pitts, that's a knock against him. I understand. That's another reason that you would say, okay, maybe you just split him wide and run. But it depends on the offense they want to run. The reason I'm so high on McConkie is because he makes plays and because if you're going to run what the Rams ran, you need a Cooper Cup. And he's a Cooper Cup. I, I would, I, if they drafted Bowers in the first round and McConkie in the second round, I think I'd be jumping up and down with excitement. And, and by the way, it would solve this whole thing about you never draft Georgia players. <laughs> that would be over with. <laughs> Thank God we don't have to hear that anymore. All right, uh, quick break, and then Merle and more next with John Fricky on Sports Radio 99 The Game. Sports Radio 99 The Game from the Northern Kia Studios. Way Northern Fringes. My my studios are actually one mile closer to downtown Chattanooga than they are if I drive to Flowery Branch. <laughs> so people say, hey, you want to come out to camp? I'm like, <laughs> it's like 73 miles to Flowery Branch from where I live. There's one thing about Atlanta. Atlanta is so, so big. Isn't it the truth? 
I mean, if you if you think about it, you go from like the top end of town in the northeast, like probably because Gainesville is Atlanta anymore. You go up to the top of Gainesville, and then you go all the way like to southwest to where like down to Peachtree City, right? I mean, it's all one town. How 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 far is that, Eric? That's got to be eighty miles, Eric. It, yeah, I mean, that's a distance. But you know, and John, I know you won't know this reference, but Flowery Branch is not Atlanta. Northern well, Kansas anymore is not Atlanta. It's just a song, John. You don't know yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, no. It's all Metro Atlanta. <laughs> it's not Atlanta. It's all Metro Atlanta. Hall <laughs> County. Yeah. When, when I when I when I when when I go out and I'm traveling and people say, "Where do you live?" I say Atlanta. Because it, it's all Atlanta. I mean, there's this whole thing about only Atlanta is Atlanta. That's just not true. It's like the idiots that say, you know, come in and say, you know, Atlanta's only got 500,000 people. Really? In the actual city limits. <laughs> that number is actually very Really? I mean, uh, yeah, okay, sure. It's yeah, well yeah, walk over, me through that. It's well over a million when you combine. Because technically Atlanta, if you actually Atlanta's- find the address, goes all the way to Sandy Springs. No, when you think about Atlanta, you think about 20 counties. Metropolitan Atlanta has got 6.2 million people. Yeah, more than that. More than that. You know, I mean, so, I mean, it's all Atlanta. It's, it's, oh, it's five million in Atlanta alone. Oh, Atlanta. Oh, 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 Atlanta. Come back to you. I looked that one that? up. Yeah. Uh, who's saying, oh, the song's called Oh, Atlanta. Is that Atlanta Rhythm Section? I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, so we're talking about the Falcons here. And, yes, I remain obviously bullish on the Falcons. And, um, and, and some people do and some people don't. That's fine. We can, we can disagree. Uh, but I'm really intrigued by what Zach Robinson wants to do offensively. This is why you, we can't answer the quarterback question on two fronts. The first front is we can't know the reasoning that Terry Fontenot, since he's still with the team as the general manager, because he won't say, obviously, why they passed on Justin Fields the first time. Was it a processing issue? Was it just that the coach didn't want Justin Fields? Was it an issue with him uh, in his personality? Uh, did they not? They didn't value something within him. Has that value that they didn't value the first time four years ago, has that changed? And it could have. All right. Because if it was a coach thing, and now you got a new coach, for example, or he's was immature and he's grown, um, or you know whatever has changed that he's proven to them that he has you know a, a different guy than he was four years ago, which of course obviously he is to some degree. He's got three years of NFL experience for starters, so uh, you know that we can't know that. We also can't know. How the, you know, when you're talking about the scheme and things, how that all kind of fits, you know, for what Zach Robinson wants to do. Because we assume, and that's why I talk about McConkie, I assume that he's going to run, want to run what Sean McVay told, uh, taught him in, in L.A. Because that was a great offense that they ran out there. Let's go to uh, David at 404-726-0929. Hey, David, welcome to the show. Happy Sunday, John and Eric. What up? So instead of me, you know, reading the internet or, or you know, getting a sports page, I like to call in and get your opinion on this because um, you know you've been around so long. My question to you is, what what would you do with the eighth pick? Do you, would you would you uh, do Dallas Turner? And then I wanted to ask you about Calvin Ridley. Are the Falcons getting that second round pick? 
Well, not at the moment because he hasn't signed a deal yet with uh, with Jacksonville. He's a free agent. I mean, in theory, you could bring Calvin Ridley back. Um, I I I think you wouldn't. I think it's dependent upon him signing a, a contract, and if they just tag him, I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure if they just use a franchise tag on him, you know, and we're in the tag period now, so. Um, I don't think you get the second round pick. You're correct. If they, they re-sign him, him, the pick goes from the third low, to second. Yeah, yeah, go. It goes all the way up to like pick number thirty-eight or thirty-nine. It gets very high right. in the second round. But they have to re-sign him to a yeah, new contract. They have to sign yeah. him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as to the number eight, see the, the NFL being bass backwards, and they are bass backwards in my opinion. I think the NBA does it right. You have the draft, then you have free agency. The NFL does free agency, and then the draft. I can't tell you because I don't know what they're going to do in free agency. Until I figure out what they're doing in free agency, at the moment, do I? Th- I, I mean, again, I think Dallas Turner's probably the pick. But if they go out and you know, if they get an edge. You know, if they go out in free agency and they get a pass rusher and they say, you know, I mean, maybe they hint that they're in a position where, you know, again, what kind of an offense do they want to run? Do they value, for example, would they value Brock Bowers at tight end? They have an opening at tight end. They got rid of John o. Smith. He's gone. You know, what kind of offense does Zach Robinson want to run? Uh, would I love to have Brock Bowers on this team? You bet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it would be great. I would be jumping for joy if they got Brock Bowers. If they got Bowers and McConkey, I mean, I know that those are two offensive picks, but I would be just going, man, with this offensive line and the right quarterback, even if the right quarterback is Joe Flacco, this team could be really fun to watch. Everything I wanted them to be last year, but the quarterback sucked. Let's go to uh, Chef Vey. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Chef Vey is me from Twitter. Your buddy. Hey. Hey, oh, yeah. Going gotcha. On, man? Hey, Chef. Good. So I, I have two things for you. Walk with me real quick on this Sunday. So I was listening, and I've been listening to see if anybody was going to bring this up, but we have the Rams brass pretty much, you know, Rams super south here. And why not take that approach of F them picks, man? If we only get one ring out of that, so what? Go get Jalen Ramsey. You know what I'm saying? Go get whatever we need to get. And I'm thinking to myself how much better it would be bring back big boy from Arizona. Bring him back. Bring Calais back because when veterans are surrounded by other veterans, I guarantee you they go out and play with their hair on fire knowing mentally that they don't have to make up for a rookie next to them or somebody that may or may not, you know, know what they're doing out there. If we just get one ring, who's going to be mad? If forget the Dallas Turner. Let's go to Minnesota and give him whatever he needs. Let's trade for Jalen Ramsey. You know, give me Baker and Mike Evans. Let's just go all in because we are set up. Well, you, you but, but uh, Chef, you can't, yeah, Chef, you can't do that because of the salary cap. I mean, you just, you can't. You can't have all that. You know, if it was unlimited spending, sure. But because of the salary cap at the moment, you have $51 million. Now, they'll probably create a little bit more with some other cuts and some restructuring. Uh, but, you know, this is why if you're going to spend $45 million on, on, on a Kirk Cousins, you, you're going to limit your ability to go in other places somewhat in free agency, which is why I would rather spend less than that. You see what you follow me on that? To create that. I'm with you. I'd love to have Calais back here too, Chef. All right, I, the chef's got a lot of noise in his phone. 
I, this is why you know you want to get an you want to improve the quarterback. You have to upgrade. Well, you don't want to. You have to upgrade the quarterback. And I think you, have, which is why we're spending so much time talking about it. Because again, we had the quarterbacks work out at the combine yesterday, and that's all wonderful and it's all well and good. But trading up to top three could happen. I guess it's going to be really expensive, and you better be sold when you go to the pro day for Drake May. That Drake May can be forget about Jaden Daniels for a second. Let's talk Drake May that Drake May is the processor, the elite processor, and he's the guy. And they may be sold on that. And New England's willing to trade out of that number three spot. That may happen. And all of a sudden you're in the Falcons take Drake May. I, I can't, we can't know because they won't tell us, right? All I could tell you is, is that when it comes to the remainder of the team, because I, I believe this team is close, if they believe a rookie quarterback like Drake May can take them, or Jaden Daniels, um, or somebody could take them to the playoffs, then sure, I'm 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 all in on this. Whatever they whatever they do, I'll be all in on it. I tweeted that out. I'll be behind whatever they do. It just better work because I think this team is built. I agree with Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank talked to those 14 interviews that he did with those potential head coaches, and I know, knowing Mr. Blank the way I did, he was pretty direct. We'd better make the playoffs. This is not a rebuild. This team is built to win right now, and it is. It is built to win right now. Now you're going to have a Rams influence. We've talked about Jimmy Lake coming in and switching to a 3-4 defense. Well, you need a nose guy in a 3-4 defense. Do they really have that right now? Mm, probably not. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, T. Graham, and you've got, you know, Grady, and you've got, uh, you know, uh, Omanyata. I mean, and, and they're all really good players. Boy, it'll be nice to have Grady back, won't it? And... um but is that really is that a really true nose guy in that? No. Uh, do they have to draft one? Do they have to go get, you know, Tredavious Sweat out of Texas? Maybe. You know, that's another issue. You know, I mean, are you going, hey, listen, we really need to get a nose out of the draft and we really like Sweat and he's going to be kind of a late first-round pick. We need to trade down and get more assets and pick him. That could happen. Or they they, they were at the combine and they fell in love with Ola Fashadu, the offensive tackle, because Jake Matthews isn't getting any younger. And as good as this offensive line is, and it's a good offensive line, also keep in mind there's going to be a scheme change on offense. And 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 if if we believe that Zach Robinson is going to run an offense a lot like Sean McVay, that means zone running, which, by the way, I'm in favor of because I think the way that Bergeron, Dahlman, and, and Lindstrom, and for that matter, McGarry, I'll give him credit on that, all run block, I think a zone system, which is more what the Falcons ran uh, you know, under Kyle Shanahan, a zone blocking system like that, you know, kind of mirroring kind of the old and new, would really benefit uh, Bijan. I think you'd see Bijan start to break some more stuff. It's it, it really requires the running back to have really good vision. And one of the things I think we've seen of Bijan is it's not a power scheme. You go to more of a zone scheme. Bijan's got pretty good vision, and he's got he's got that escapability that make you miss thing. And all he has to do in a zone really is make the first guy miss, and then suddenly two yards becomes twenty five in a hurry. And if you have guys that could do that, and you do have a guy that could do that, the zone system makes perfect sense to me. But that's going to require an upgraded quarterback to make sure that the quarterback doesn't screw it up. That he can do things like, I don't know, take a snap under center, not drop the football. You know? uh, We all good on that? Look, all of you can say what you like about anything, and you're not wrong. But you're also not right. I'm not wrong, but I'm also not right. Why? Because we're not in the room to know what they want to do. This is a brand-new coaching staff. 
So they will construct the offense and the defense in a in a way and fashion that fits the current players and the players they're about to pick up, right? Okay. And so I'm going to take them at their word that they're going out to get the guys in free agency and in the draft that fit what they want to do. So that opens – I mean, would I love to have stuff? Sure, yes. I, I think it would be great. But does that fit what they want to do? I mean, if you go get Brock Bowers, for example, which I'd be thrilled with, uh, and let's say you – just for the sake of argument, you went out and got um, – you signed Baker Mayfield, then you went out and got Brock Bowers, and you're going to kind of convert uh, Kyle Pitts to a wide receiver, and then you drafted you know, uh, Xavier Worthy and his 4-2-1 in the second round. Well, what does that tell you? Oh, they're not going zone. They're going to five wide. They're going to spread the field. They're going to throw it all over the place. They're, they're, they're going to be a you – know, and, and that's what they're going to do. Okay, all right. And if that's what they want to do, just be successful. I have no problem. If that's what they want to do, then do it. I, my sense is it's going to look a little bit more like the Rams, which is why Kirk Cousins comes back in. This is a circle here. Follow the circle here. Kirk Cousins kind of comes back into play because who does Kirk Cousins remind you of as a player of any player that's available in free agency? Oh, that's right, Matt Stafford. See? So, uh, you know, they made the Stafford deal saying, hey, listen, we're close, but Goff is not the kind of quarterback that we want. Stafford is. Therefore, we're going to trade a quarterback who took us to a Super Bowl, no less. He took you to a Super Bowl because we believe that that quarterback fits our scheme better. Well, obviously it did <laughs> because it worked. <laughs> so I, I, these guys have been on the road. I, so I'm going to give them all the faith and credit in the world here. So that's why this is such a fascinating offseason. The needs of a team that's ready to win paired with the coaching staff that's going to change the way things are done. Okay. But we'll try and figure it out before it all happens, that's for sure. We'll continue talking to you here. John Fricky on Sports Radio 90 Shine the Game. Who will be the sharp-dressed man... Standing on the stage when the Falcons make a pick in the NFL Draft April 15th in the first round in Detroit this year for the NFL Draft. Uh, so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to your calls here in just a real quick second because I heard Mike Johnson say something, Eric Slaughter, in the promo for his show uh, where he says, look, if you can go up to number three and get the guy that you want cheap for the next few years, do it. I have no problem, again, with trading up if you believe that Drake May or Jaden Daniels is that guy and he's available to you uh, of trading up, but just don't miss. Okay, don't, don't miss. The Falcons have only – do you know how many quarterbacks – this is unfair, Eric, but just broadly just take a guess. How many – in the history of the Atlanta Falcons, 1966 to now, okay, how many quarterbacks the Falcons have taken in the first round? In the first Just, round? Yep. Four. The answer is six. Six, okay. okay so you were close. Yeah. Next question is, do you know the uh, – pardon me, the answer is five. Five. You were really close. Okay. Because um, everybody misses the fifth one. But you pretty much know who they are, right? Barkowski. They, Barkowski in 1975, taken number, they've taken two quarterbacks, number one overall, Steve Barkowski and Michael, Michael Vick. Vick. Obviously okay. – 
Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, number three overall. They took, and that was in 2008. Okay. Uh, so they haven't taken a first-round quarterback in 16 years. Uh, and you, that's because Matt Ryan has such a long and distinguished career. Okay. Chris Miller was taken number 12 overall in 1987. We've never got that. Of course, and a lot of people will probably guess Brett Favre. Would they be wrong about that? Because Brett Favre was a second-round pick. Yes, they round would pick. be. He was, he was a second-round pick. He was pick. a second-round pick. He was a second-round pick like Drew Brees was a second-round pick. Hmm. And uh, Randy Johnson, who was a, a good quarterback. He was the first quarterback taken – he was taken in the first round of their initial draft. Tommy Nobis went number one. The Falcons had two picks that year. In 1966, took Tommy Nobis, took Randy Johnson. And Randy Johnson was a good player. Uh, of the quarterbacks, he was the, probably the least accomplished, but he wasn't a bad player. And, um, you know, and so Randy Johnson was okay. Not the, not the baseball Randy Johnson, different guy. Uh, but the Randy Johnson, Steve Barkowski, Chris Miller, Michael Vick, and Matt Ryan. So only five quarterbacks in the first round ever, and they didn't miss on any of them, okay? They didn't miss on any of them. Uh, they've only taken one Heisman winner. We start to think about Jaden Daniels. The Falcons have only drafted one Heisman winner. Did they? Did the Falcons draft? They may. Have, I wonder if Rogier counts. Did they? Did they draft Rogier and he just signed with Pittsburgh? Or no? I think he just signed with Pittsburgh. So I don't think he counts. Mike Rogier doesn't count. They've only, to the best of my knowledge, they've only drafted one Heisman winner, and that was Pat Sullivan. Way, way back in the day. For those of you who don't know, Pat Sullivan was a Heisman-winning quarterback at Auburn, 1970-71, and a great player, and was a decent quarterback in the NFL. Not great, decent. And he and Terry Beasley were a combination in college. Boy, those two, whew, they were good. Uh, so the Falcons have had really pretty good success at drafting quarterbacks over the years. You mentioned Brett Favre as a second-round pick. Didn't work out because the Buck had Brett. So when you go to draft a quarterback, don't miss, okay? Because some teams have, and those ones that have missed have really paid a price. Big price. San Francisco got so bailed out with Brock Purdy, it's not even funny. San Francisco would have been obliterated with that pick of Trey Lance, if not for Brock Purdy. Obliterated. It would have destroyed the fr- – I mean, they, they're not playing no Super Bowl. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, Micah's joining us. Hey, Micah, welcome to the uh, show. Hey, John, appreciate your take on everything. I'm uh, just wondering what the uh, what the salary number is for Russell in the Broncos. Because you know, he's not. All right, he's I breaking up really bad. Put him on put him on hold and see if you can clear up his phone a little bit, and I'll get back to Micah. We do that and see if we can get him into a better spot. Yeah, uh, Micah, we're just going to try and clear up your phone. You're breaking up really bad. Let's go to Tim. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, John, how you doing today? Good, man. Good. Hey, um, yeah, I just wanted to chime in a little bit on what to do with that number eight pick. Not a lot of people are, are saying what I would do, but one of your callers brought it up earlier. And I'm, just to preface it, I'm, I'm going to say this, assuming that Jaden Daniels, Kayla Williams, Drake May are off limits. I just don't think the Falcons are going to be able to get there. And then the other options, you got Cousins, the 35-year-old coming off an Achilles injury for that price. No thanks. You got Justin Fields. It's not about price. It's that he's been around long enough to see what he is, and it ain't great. He throws as many interceptions almost as he does touchdowns. He's got pedestrian passer ratings, and he does not avoid sacks, which are absolute drive killers. Uh, But you can get a quarterback at number eight without losing any cash or draft collateral. Um, And a rookie contract, as we know, at number eight is worth about four million dollars a year in the NFL. This likes 
it's like having a wild card in poker. So I think J.J. McCarthy is just being undersold. You know, he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback, maybe not immediately, uh, but this guy's a winner. You know, he's lost a total of three games in high school and college. He beat Ohio State three times. Uh, he has an elite passer rating for 2023. Uh, ESPN has a uh, uh, quarterback adjusted passer rating based on the strength of the defense. And uh, he came in third behind Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix, but he's ahead of uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Penix. You know, the guy's smart. You know, pretty much all the scouting reports and assessments say that he's going to be a plus starter in the NFL. So, you know, I, I think that's the pick. And you may be right, Tim. You may be right. Uh, if they went and saw what they wanted to see out of J.J. at the Combine and talked to him, sure. Could I see them potentially, if that's the choice they make, and they want to, like I said, just don't miss. Um, yeah. I mean, just well, don't miss. No I mean, matter, I mean, no matter what you do, though. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I, and I don't dispute anything you've said. I watched him play. I, I saw him play. He was on some great teams. He had a great coach. Uh, he had a lot of weapons around him. Uh, he had a great running game. He had a great offensive line. Uh, you know, I mean, I was impressed with what I saw. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good with that. Don't miss. You better, you know, you can't, you can't afford to miss here because one of the things that we can't have is we cannot have a rookie. JJ McCarthy comes into camp, Tim, and the speed of the game goes way up. And suddenly you're looking and going, okay, we think JJ is going to be a good player, but maybe not right now. Oh, what are we going to do? Geez, we have to start Desmond Ritter, don't we? Yeah, well, no doubt. But, you know, you've got risk almost no matter what you do. Agreed. I agree. I, 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 Tim, no argument. No argument. And if they say J.J. Yeah. McCarthy's the guy, I will I will go, okay. You know, he's the processor. You know, we, we really like him. I'll be okay with that. If, if that's the guy, I, I'd like, I'd like, then I'm, I'm good with I'd it. Like to, yeah, I'd like to see it. I mean, you look at the Purdy, look at Brock Purdy comparison, you know, in his college years. J.J. had a, a better passer rating, better numbers all the way around. He was on a better match. team. I mean, this is the problem with uh, with some of that. He's on a much better team than Brock Purdy he was, was in better, Iowa State. He was on a better team, but he had far less yeah. passing attempts because of the offense he's in. Right, sure, because so, he was on a running team that had guys like Blake Corum, right, and Edwards. Right. Right. I understand I understand that. And he also had a great defense. I mean, he played with Aiden Hutchinson and all those guys over there. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, he was on a great team. He was a good quarterback. I have no, I have no problem with any of this. In, in so I'm combine, not disputing. I'm not arguing with you. No, 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 and I'm not arguing either. Um, but did you notice that in the combine he was ranked the number one quarterback for athleticism? You know, based on those metrics, he can throw. Yeah, no, he did. Run. He did really well at the combine. No, I look. I have no doubt. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. I have no doubt that uh, that you know JJ McCarthy has the potential to be a very good NFL quarterback. There are a lot of guys that had the potential to be a very good NFL quarterback, right? I, do you doubt that Bryce Young still has the potential to be a very good quarterback? Of course he does, right? Are we all in agreement on that. There was no doubt that Ryan Leaf had the potential to be a very good quarterback. That's not a fair thing to do because Ryan Leaf is such a meltdown. But you could talk about it. Jameis Winston won a Heisman. Marcus Mariota was the number two pick in the NFL draft because, you know, he was going to be a great NFL quarterback. (laughs) Potential and reality don't necessarily always meet. 
You know, you fall in love with a guy, and you get him in here, and you go, okay, you know, because what can you not replicate when it comes to the draft? You can't replicate. That's why they talk about elite processing. You can't replicate the speed of the NFL game. You know, the the great quarterbacks, what they do is, this is why the the Peyton Mannings and the Matt Ryans, just to use kind of recent examples, and the Tom Brady's are so good, is that they walked up to the line and teams would switch and swap, and and these quarterbacks would laugh, go, okay, I see what you're doing. All right, and they would just wink and nod. And, you know, Ryan could just look over at Julio, and Julio could look back at him and go, all right, we know what they're going to do. And look at Tony Gonzalez, and Tony would go, yep. And these guys are trying to confuse you, and the young quarterback goes, oh, I, 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 this is what Desmond Ritter did. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Where am I, where am I going with it? Matt Ryan just went up and went, okay, <laughs> you want to do that? Then we're going to do this. That's the processing thing they're talking about. Is he a great processor? I don't know. Don't know the guy. Never met him. All right, let's go back to Mike and see if we can clear his phone up here. And Aiden McCarthy may be a great quarterback. I, I, if hey, John, up, hearing back. any better? Yeah, I can. All right, sweet. Uh, I was just wondering because I don't know what the number is for Russell Wilson, like what that actual number is because I know the Broncos would take a lot of that. Uh, and th- the main thing that I would take him over Kirk Cousins for is if it opens up a lot of room uh, in the other areas for the team. I like Kirk Cousins as a sp- by himself as a player. I was also wondering, in your opinion, if they took Justin Fields, what does he need to do this year to earn the contract afterwards? Does he have to win a playoff game? Does he like what is that mark for him to earn the next contract? Well, it's two years, not one, um, of Justin Fields. You'd have to pick up his fifth-year option if you got him. His fifth-year option is due May second. That's another decision the Falcons have to make. Are they going to pick up the fifth-year option of Kyle Pitts on May second? Uh, and I, I think they will. It's Kyle's, I think, 10.9. Uh, Fields is 25 and change. Uh, so um, if you if you make the move for Justin Fields, you're picking up the fifth-year option. Okay, You're, you're not just going to get him for the one year at $6 million and and say, okay, we'll, we'll talk to you at the end of next year. I think you, you pick up the fifth-year option. Russ is not in the discussion at the moment. We don't know if Denver's going to cut him. He may not even be available. And even if – we don't know when he might be available. Unless Denver cuts him prior to the draft and you don't go out and get a veteran in free agency, really, unless Denver cuts him this week. Because if Denver doesn't cut him this week, I don't think you can go into the draft unless you're – like Tim was saying, you're sold on J.J. McCarthy. I don't think you can wait to the draft to make a an adjustment at quarterback. I think you have to do it, you know, eight days from now. So in the next eight days, there's got to be a new quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. And if Denver doesn't cut Russ in the next eight days, which I don't think they will, but they could, I guess, uh, then he's not in the mix. So it's pointless for us to even discuss it. Up and until Denver makes the decision to cut Russell Wilson, uh, then it's pointless for us to even discuss it because he's under contract to Denver for the next four years at $200 million, uh, and which, by the way, Denver would have to eat all of that, Micah. I mean, you get Russell Wilson for nothing. Like two million dollars. So I mean, it's hypothetically, because it's all hypothetical, if they did cut him, would you? Would is he your number one in your opinion? Well, oh, well, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's hypothetical. I mean, you you can't live on right. hypothetical. You got eight days. There is no hypothetical here, Tim. It's not all hypothetical. It's all real. You have eight days to make a decision. There's no hypothetical about it. Frazier starts eight days from today. You gotta get. You gotta move. 
You can't sit around waiting for some hypothetical thing. By the way, hypothetically, he, they could cut him in May, and he says, I want to go play for the Raiders. Oh, what are you going to do then? Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, see, you can't do that. So you, uh, unless Denver makes a move, unless we hear news, uh, everybody, t- Tim, everybody, Russell Wilson is not a – there's pointless for us to spend any airtime talking about it unless Denver cuts him. Up until then, they don't cut him in the next eight days. This is a pointless conversation, in my opinion. I love him, but it's a pointless conversation because you got to move. Follow sure. me? All right. Okay. I appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for the uh, – Micah, sorry. Micah, thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, where are we going next here? I got uh, one, two, three. I know, do we have time here? No. I, who do you – Michael, Yo, and Tevin. Michael, Yo, and Tevin, I know you're holding on. I want to make sure that I give you enough time here. And I got a break coming up in about 45 seconds. And that is not enough time for you. Actually, I'm probably going to go just a little bit early in order to get time for you. Yeah, I, 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 look, I love Russ Wilson. I'd love him to be the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. We have eight days, guys, guys and gals. I think in eight days we have to solve this quarterback situation. We need a veteran signed, even if you're drafting uh, a quarterback, even if you're drafting J.J. McCarthy. I think you got to solve this to some degree in eight days. And you're also asking somebody to leapfrog you for J.J. McCarthy. I just don't see a quarterback at eight as an option for the Atlanta Falcons. The only quarterback I see for the Atlanta Falcons options are move up to three, and they better know that they can, or you're going to take somebody in the second or third. Round. All right, quick break, and then Michael Yohan Tevin next with John Fricky on Sports Radio 90 Time Game.